0: The industries are merely a to mess. Artists' oh, leather goods are torn to shreds. The government will spoil your hopes and dreams by offering a useless retraining scheme. With such amazing talent, why can't you see that the government has decimated the industry? And now the years of hard work could be thrown away. And people who don't care, will they will say. Just get a real job. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Just Get a Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. I am your editor once again, back with the intros and outros for this week. Listen, I could explain, guys, right? It's been a busy month. It's fringe season. Me and Jamie are banging our heads against the wall. But we do not want to disappoint you, listeners. So that's why I'm here for the intros and outros this week. As you will know, we have brought Just Get A Real Job live to the Edinburgh Fringe. We are super excited about it. We have just done two shows and we've got one show coming up on the 24th of August at the Voodoo Rooms. So if you're available Wednesday at 20 past seven, even if you've just finished work, grab a couple of pints, hang around, come see us live. It's going to be an absolutely amazing show. And best of all, it's free! Who doesn't like free things? Come along, come listen to us, right? It's going to be an absolute belter of an episode. If this is the first time you listen to the podcast, welcome on board. We have 87 episodes in the back catalogue, so you are spoilt for choice. We have interviewed various creatives from across the creative industries, hence what I've just said at the beginning. So if you want to check out some episodes, check the back catalogue. If you like what you're listening to, Give us a like, give us a follow on all the social media accounts, tell your friends and family to listen, and they can come on board too. If you have some loose change kicking about, or if you would like to help us immensely, you can donate to our Patreon page. All the details of just what I've just said are in the show notes below. So moving on to this week's episode, Jamie had a great conversation with Mela Fay. She is a musician, she is also an artistic director, she has an up-and-coming fringe show, Oedipus Electronica, hopefully I said that right. She also explains her early career as a musician and being the artistic director of Petro Mama, as well as advice for other creatives as well. So I hope that you enjoy this week's episodes. I'll be back at the very end, but until then, this is episode 88 of Just Get Real Job with the amazingly talented Melafe.
1: Hi Mella, thank you very much for coming on the podcast this Monday evening to chat to us. We're very excited to have you on.
2: Lovely to be here. Thanks,
1: Jamie. Uh, So just sort of before we start the podcast today, because you have got a lot of different creative hats, because I know you'd worked in music, you work in theatre, and you do you combine both really. And you're a creative director as well, a director. You do lots of various creative roles. But do you just want to sort of kick off the podcast by saying a bit about yourself, what you do, and like what your sort of creative form is, your sort of listeners sort of get an idea. And then we'll sort of go into the real stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I started as a musician and played and toured with a a band, writing songs for that band for for quite a few years. And then slowly my interest in theatre grew and I formed a company with some people and did that for a while and created also a travelling theatre cafe that did festival work with kind of flash mob style events and that kind of thing. So it was bubbling for a while and then I took a bit of a break and kind of needed to condense down the things that I was really passionate about. And that was a return to music, but through theatre. And whereas before I'd been making quite lighthearted comedic stuff, there was a kind of a rebirth around 2016 where it all became much more musical and much grittier and more focused, I guess. So the work I've been making with Petro Mama, which is the company that I created in 2016, is I write and direct performing and create the sound design for and write the songs with the band who are core members of the company.
1: Yeah, which is amazing. Now, you're taking your your show to the Fringe this year as well, which is Edipes Electronica, right? That's, that's going to Pleasance, which is also why you're here tonight. So I plug that as well, which is really exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. It's been, we were just about to go into tech week back when the first lockdown hit. So there was a, a delay of about three years of Getting
1: this show out. Oh
2: man. So, so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
1: we're well, really looking forward to getting it out. Well, I'm in Sunny I'm in Edinburgh right now and the sun's shining finally today. So you know, it's it's great. I'm looking forward to the fringe returning in, in about you know seven, eight weeks' time. It's gonna be good. So it's a really exciting yeah. time. But yeah, but sort of to kick the podcast off and thank you for sort of explaining a lot about yourself there, just to give the listeners a bit of context. There's lots for us to unpack as we go on. But just to cash your mind back a long time ago, like which is you know, a lot of the guests are like, Oh my god, I've got to think back a while. But like, do you remember what your earliest creative memories were? Do you remember when you were like a child? Stuff were you very musical? Were you always quite into performance and creating stuff, or was it just something that you maybe came to a bit later in life?
2: I haven't got very many early, early memories, but it was music that I came to first for sure. And I reckon I was probably writing songs from the age of about 14. Then I left home quite early. I left home, just turned 16 and made my extra cash by busking on the street. And I didn't play particularly well, but I met a community of musicians. Through doing that and found jam nights. And yeah, just kind of the world opened up to me there. So, so yeah, definitely stealing songs and pretending they were mine, I reckon. It's probably one of my earliest creative memories.
1: Yeah. Do you remember what sort of like songs it was you were stealing and stuff at that age? Did you remember like, or covering, I would say would be a better word for it, really? But oh, no, it was
2: like- definitely stealing. I definitely <laughs> was trying to get away with it. I remember I stole a Paul Simon song and basically just slightly adapted the lyrics. And put some different chords with it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm a songwriter. So, yeah, that's the one I particularly remember. Just hoping mm. that nobody ever noticed.
1: Yeah. But was <laughs> yeah. it quite like a supportive community you were a part of at that point? Like, was it, it sounds quite like, I don't know, like an artistic dream or something like.
2: It was. It was. Yeah, I was only 16, just turned. And I found myself, at, I dropped out of college, but there was a student kind of cafe with a brilliant vibe and they would have jam nights in the basement. And I remember having that sort of, when you have that teenage awakening when you're just like, oh, wow, look what's going on in the world that I had no idea about. And yeah, very exciting and all different ages and all different genres, people just jamming together and, and being creative. And yeah, it kind of blew my mind a bit. So it was probably quite influential from that point of view, a sort of sense of, I want to be part of a world where this this goes on
1: yeah and and, and and on that note just sorry to put you on the spot as well because you might not obviously know this but do you think that that's still kind of possible for young people at that age today because I, I don't feel like that's a common <laughs> thing to like have that sort of community and be able to do that and maybe in the way you did it that I, I, mean, when, I mean when was this was like the early 2000 was this before that or
2: oh now you're asking <laughs> um <laughs> I don't can't remember how old I am that's how dodgy my brain is uh I'm 45 so that was like 30 years ago hmm. Nearly. I think there probably is that kind of community available. I doubt it's as as alive as as it was when I discovered it because of the digital mm. evolution. I think that people spend much more time being isolated because of that and that they share Through a digital format Rather than an In the flesh format And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably A real shame Because there's something So magical about I guess if, if you don't have Access to that digital world Which I didn't Then you have to work Really hard to find mm. Your community And then when you find them You know it's It's all about Being together in the room Yeah
1: So 100%. yeah No that's really interesting I don't actually know Where you're from So uh, the, for the next question Which I love asking people About where they're from And how that's influenced So like where was it That you sort of did grow up And like how Has that influence your art and stuff
2: well I I moved every two or three years quite significant location changes so I don't feel like I've got a place that a location that I grew up I was born in Stoke-on-Trent but I was there for such a short amount of time that I don't really remember that and then yeah all over the place the place that I'm talking about when I, I left home just At 16, I'd been living in Essex and then I moved all the way to Devon. And because Mm -hmm. I kind of was completely out of, you know, away from my family and everything that I'd I'd sort of built my identity on, it was particularly exciting to be in this creative community in Devon and work out who I was in the world at that time. But I moved, I continued to move loads and it was always the hunger to find that, to find the open mic night or the, you know, it's, it is a, it's a brilliant ticket in. If you're wanting to be creative and and be part of something, then it's brilliant. Ticket it in to be able to get up and sing a song, or yeah. accompany somebody else, or you know, just yeah, get involved, make friends. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm almost a little bit envious because growing up, like. Music was always the the dream of what I, not the dream, but it's all sort of what I fantasize about was always being like the front man of like an indie band or something like. Which although I'm very glad I'm not because I wouldn't have been the life for me, but I still sort of whenever I interview anyone that's been in music, which we've had a lot of musical guests on the podcast, I'm always a little yeah. bit like I just love hearing about like th- these sort of stories and these sort of tales. But where is it your base now? Where is sort of predominantly like that your sort of theatre company and things are like based? Yeah, around?
2: we're in we're across East Sussex and Kent. So the three of us that are the core members. Of the company are, are here, and then the show that we're bringing to Edinburgh has a an actor from Yorkshire and a London actor. So yeah, never yeah Yeah, but there's sort of yeah and the thing is is that when we rehearse we occasionally rehearse here but it's generally where we can get theatre space so that could be anywhere in the country yeah so it doesn't necessarily feel like the company's got a got a home
1: so you're still sort of keeping that normatic sort of life of moving around a lot on going even now that's that's cool
2: yeah and I love that yeah it's great I mean being older and with family and everything then those opportunities don't come up as often as they do when you're 16 and (laughs) You Know, have no responsibility, so
1: yeah, I, I treasure them when they do, yeah. No, no, I remember, I think it was, I think I read like John Cleese's like book on creativity a few years ago. He talked about like how when he grew up, he was always moving around. And He thinks, people, I mean, I was always in the same place, but he thinks people that moved around always were sort of more creative because there's from a young age they're seeing just different things all the time. So I always thought that was kind yeah. of interesting idea, it's possible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, thank you for answering. And like, I guess this is a hard one. My next question, which I love before we get into all the creative stuff properly, about like your favorite word or phrase, and as you say, like you're from you lived in many places but like maybe we can go with Devon because it's a cool place which is a was there like a word or phrase from your sort of time in Devon that you really remember or or even where you are now like is there any sort of words that you really like
2: I guess the the thing that is where I'm from I can only think of like family roots so the thing that springs to mind is my yorkshire grandma who used to call me a daft apus so i'm gonna go with that that's fantastic yeah she'd get me to curl her hair and paint her garden gnomes and then then sort of come and look at me and say oh you're daft apus brilliant don't really even know what it means but (laughs) i was one
1: Yeah, well, we'd never had that on the podcast. So that's a, that's definitely a first. That's great when we mm-hmm. have like an original word, which we usually do. It's is class. Thank you for sharing that. Have you ever been What's yours? To- Come what's on, Was What's yours? Yeah. Well, there's, there's quite a lot of good Scottish ones. I really like the term a droof. If you have like a dry mouth, like I've got a droof. Like I really like oh, that. Phrase. Yeah,
2: that is good. Good.
1: Yeah. Is it a like F rolling. on the end? Druth. A druth? I, don't, I don't even know how to spell it to be perfect. Yeah. Or if it's like really minging outside, I li- like dr- saying it's drink it. I think just rolling Rs in Scottish is just fantastic. Yeah, day. yeah, it's so, great uh, So hopefully yeah. it, it hopefully isn't Dreek in Edinburgh When you come up in August Yeah, can you but sort it
2: out For me please? I will
1: try We'd be missing Thanks. out We'd be missing out On this heatwave this week I'm afraid It's been terrible We'd Enviously looking down south As you enjoy the sun But anyway <laughs> but just to sort of move on to your creative stuff you talked about being in this sort of creative community and, and sort of having a band and you sort of you know at that time and that was sort of how you were making a living and that was sort of what your profession was but so what was that like at the time like what sort of music were you making and like what sort of things were going on there
2: so when I first sort of professionally put a band together it was it was a huge band it was a 10-piece band with a horn section and a backing vocal section oh, wow. and a rhythm section and it was brilliant and the my songs were kind of I suppose a fairly typically singer-songwriter songs but the band was very jazz and latin based so because I already had that theatrical kind of want for for our gigs to be sort of big on the stage we had a tagline that we were a jazz funk fairy tale so there's a sort of like romantic element to it but also a, a jazz element and also a Latin element so you could dance and you know it could be a party band but but based in original material yeah nice,
1: cool that sounds really. How, how did that even sort of all come about How did you get all these people Like that sounds like really exciting Like very musical as well Like very like A lot of people would dream of having like that much You know that many people all coming together
2: Yeah I think the want for it happened When I was I was traveling And was listening to this brilliant artist Called Michelle de Nognacello. I mean you think I've got a difficult name to remember michelle de nogna is like i think that's how you pronounce the name but she just oh my god so i just listened in headphones on long bus rides and and it, it was yeah so inspiring and i made a commitment whilst driving through a banana plantation that i would make a big fat band like hers and yeah. so i had done a music course at chichester so i knew a few people there and i wanted top musicians so i did some blagging I told this fantastic keyboard player that I had this fantastic drummer already signed up to be in the band and vice versa. I ah. managed to tell them both at the same time. <laughs> and they, um, they were like, oh, well, if he's in it, then sure. I'll give it a go And so I got them both in the band And then I think it was About the third rehearsal Where they worked out That I'd <laughs> I'd totally Blagged them both Into the band But I'm still playing With that keyboard player However many Like 22 years later He's been That's incredible
1: mama. I love um, that you you got it you got a blag for that's That's <laughs> great Great tip for young People listening That maybe want to Get into stuff I think blagging Still goes a long way In this In this it industry It
2: does <laughs> It does I mean it yeah. is All performance right
1: <laughs> Yeah definitely and, yeah. The, and, the, and the band Was caught. It was like Your name what, And what was it like? Is it like Mila Fe and the Big Band, right? That's it, Mela Fe, I should say. See, I've done it already, but I've told you, I just (laughs) I'm dyslexic, and there's certain names I just cannot like get my phonetically get my head around. So I popped very much. Sorry, no
2: worries, not bothered. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's right, yeah. That was us.
1: And and how and how long were you sort of playing together as a band for? How long did that sort of go on?
2: I can't remember. It was a number of years. And then I pushed really hard to try and get an American tour and was up late into the night trying to make that happen. And, and I couldn't pull it off. And I remember being quite disheartened by that. So, and I had to go and try and make some money to, to survive. So that came to a close then. And it wasn't until quite a bit later that I returned with, the same kind of dedication to to music, mm. but yeah, we had a good few years of touring UK, and uh, yeah, brilliant fun, brilliant band, just yeah,
1: very high energy. With- was there one like? Well, I mean, this is a hard question, but there was a like one particular night you played or like place you played that really like stuck out to you. Or you remember fondly, or was it all yeah. just like? Was it all just kind of great?
2: Oh no, there was a magical night. We'd been asked to headline at this festival called the Big Green Gathering, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's still going. I've got a feeling it has. It's not going anymore. That festival, but we were kind of unknown, so the fact that we managed to get a headline slot was really exciting. And we came on the stage. We were everyone all the guys dressed in tuxedos and all the girls dressed in ball gowns and trainers and we came on and instantly this crowd that had gathered to see whatever was the headline act just kind of got super excited because we were dressed so flamboyantly for a really like you know very relaxed festival vibe and it was just the most ecstatic gig because everybody was coming up on their drugs in the crowd so I literally just had to like like move an arm and the whole crowd just seemed to go oh (laughs) it was like (laughs) the most ecstatic thing I've ever seen and experienced and the tent it was a big top and the tent was full and there was a crowd like as far as I could see outside the tent and it just yeah it was one of those ones that we dined out on for for a long time afterwards just the the magic of that one
1: well it all sounds quite like uh a pretty incredible experience like traveling around with such a big like obviously then I know it's the name of the band but like such a big group of people like a big band it's like yeah yeah
2: yeah. logistical nightmare I mean anybody who works with creators knows that trying to organize 10 people to all especially when it wasn't like it occasionally paid you know a bit but generally Mm. it was like people weren't getting paid much to to be there and be on the road and doing lots of traveling so yeah it was it was really special to have managed to put it off and and share that experience With all those yeah. people Yeah oh, That's class
1: And you sort of said You had a big like A bit of a, a gap between stuff Like you took a bit of a break Between that Sort of wrapping up And then coming back in 2016 With, with the theatre company And with the Sort of like Taking music into a new space With your love of theatre And stuff like how long, how long a gap did you have And what sort of were you, What was your mindset At that point So that must be quite hard as well Like sort of Something coming to an end And not really knowing How mm. to take this passion and, and what to do with it Because I think a lot of people Might get disheartened At that point
2: Yeah yeah, well, I sort of was, I was trying a lot of theatre stuff out over a number of years and also just being in that thick of having very young children and and no money and trying to make ends meet and do all that. And then I guess it was once the children were in at school age and I'd, I'd tried various theatre things and kind of tested my skills and found my weaknesses and the things that I realised I shouldn't be doing and then had this yeah this sense of like I, I don't want to waste time now. I want to I want to make sure that whatever I do creatively is really focused and I really pour my sort of simple self into. So just make the work that I really want to make, how I want to make it, without being distracted by the pretty flowers or the thing that people are asking me to do over here or I would just be like, okay, mm-hmm. focus, create something that I know that I will be proud of and that represents my creative practice so I think it's a coming of age thing and the opportunity of having not being quite so poor and not being quite so time poor as well to start making those things happen because it's hard work as a you know just to really pull something off It takes such a lot
1: of time I think mean, that's an, a brilliant phrase which I don't Think I've heard anyone say it quite like that before Which I really liked is like saying tight the word to Like the phrase time poor because it's such a it's Such a thing like for a lot of people like it, They just don't have the privilege or the time yeah. To like make some like even For me I like this podcast I love doing it but like it, It's a lot of time and like I'm having a month off From putting episodes out purely because I don't want the Quality to suffer And I, but I also you know I need to live my life and it's you need to have time off And you also need to you know have to pay the bills and all this other stuff so yeah it, you know I think as a creative person I think understanding sometimes you just don't have the time to do something and it's okay as well is like very important so I, it's a really it's just a nice way of putting it I'm sure I'm going to start using so I'm going to steal yeah. that one from you
2: but the, the pandemic has shown me because I'm always got this feeling like my my egg time is about to run out I'm going to be like too old or this or that you know and I've got this finite resource and actually the pandemic making you know just putting a two and a half year gap into everything made me realize that nothing is gonna crumble away That actually that if you've got something that you really want to make then it can take five ten years you know you can it doesn't have to happen immediately which is how I've always lived my life it's like I need it to happen now and actually sometimes it can't and and that's a lesson in itself that you just yeah if you haven't got much time then play the long game
1: yeah no, that's really. I think that's yeah. also really inspiring for people to hear. And like the, you know, as you say, the fact you've like been doing it for such a long time and still love it and are still making it work is is really cool as well. Yeah, no, that's class. Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys. That if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Go so far in helping us to keep growing me and Elliot adore this podcast We love making this podcast So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that We'd be incredibly grateful not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. So Let's we'll probably talk about your fringe show for a bit as well. Because of course that you know you want people to come and see it, we we're gonna plug it and stuff. But th- as you said, this came about a long time ago because you have an album out from this as well, right? That came out a while ago too.
2: Yeah, uh, we've released a few singles from it. Yeah. So the show that we brought to the fringe before was Medea Electronica, which was just the three of us, a live band on stage, and I was the only actor and performing with bodiless voices to create this this. 1980s world of a a family falling apart so it's like a kind of modern thriller version of a greek classic and it and it went so well and it felt like okay this taking greek mythology which is just so over the top which is so suited to the kind of music we make which is very pink floyd-esque like big big sounds so taking kind of modern storytelling and using the, the bombastic elements of Greek mythology and, and our sound was the thing that was like, okay, I need to push this even more and see what we can do. So this show is kind of off the back of that first one and and much more ambitious with its production values, with the amount of work that's gone into it and with the size of the team and having other actors on stage. And yeah, it's been all-consuming for the last three years. In fact, yeah. it, it, we've got Glastonbury coming up because the how I... Sort of subsidise the work I do is with the business that I run, which is art bars, which is cocktail bars at festivals. And we're we're set up at Glastonbury this week. And it was on the way home from a taking a truck that I took drove a truck down for the business, got the train back, and it was on the train back this time three years ago that I was kind of scrolling through the Greek myths, going which one next? And I read Oedipus, the Wikipedia you know summary of Oedipus, was just like oh god. To be that one, I mean, if you go from killing your children, you know, what's the next move? So, uh, yeah, it was a no brainer,
1: yeah. Oh, that's cla- that's also very cool about the Glastonbury stuff as well. I've never had the pleasure of going to Glastonbury, I'd always planned to sort of do it, but then the sort of pandemic and whatever's never still not worked out. But, like, do you get to see a lot of the acts and stuff at these festivals you go to? That must be really fun,
2: yeah. It's the only one that I still go to actually myself because the company. Doesn't need me to be at the festivals anymore. I just usually am just chained to the to the desk managing from afar. But Dastonbury, we make a point take the whole yeah. family because yeah, it's Sorry. got to be on your bucket list, Jamie. Oh, it it's... definitely
1: is. It definitely is. The pandemic sort of. I had always planned to do it before I was twenty five, and then the pandemic sort of ruined that a bit. But maybe before thirty, we'll push. We'll change it. We'll change the goalposts a little bit. Um, we'll yeah. Make it, make it happen. No, but that's really cool. And also, that I've loved the sort of story of you just flicking through the the Greek myths. I suppose. I mean. I'll not get you too far ahead because I know we've still got this show to go, but have you started thinking what could be after this one? Like what Greek myths would be after? Or do you think you might, Change
2: it up. Yeah, well, I just don't know. I, I kind of have been curious about Electra because I figure if I've been abusing the children for two shows, then I should be killed off in a, a in a third <laughs> of a trilogy by my own daughter. So <laughs> I've been musing upon that, but I find the process of making these shows so so consuming and so overwhelming at times that the thought of what's beyond this one yeah. just it's not available to me. Not of course. If I open that up and go, I wonder what I'll do next. I'm just, I just run away. It's like, I've got to get through this, this, this beast that I've, that I've awakened here. And yeah, once it's out into the world and it's, you know, an Edinburgh run, there's nothing like an Edinburgh run to kind of birth it properly and go, okay, that exists without me hovering over it Now it's like It's a thing of its own In the world But and until that time Yeah It's the sort of Every waking hour yeah. uh, I, and,
1: Obsession and I can imagine an, an amazing But terrifying Experience in Bo- It's both great And pretty scary I imagine at the same time To to go through yeah. With a show But like just, just for the listeners People listening Especially A lot of our listeners Are quite Sc- Scottish based As well So they're the sort of people That are going to be around And hopefully we'll be Going to the fringe But like what Do you want to tell them A bit about what they can expect When they come across the see the oedipus electronica
2: yeah so because of the experience of the pandemic and a lot of rewriting it's it's become the story of a woman who is trying for a, a baby who lost a baby when she was young and she finds out that she won't be able to have children and that she will have to have a hysterectomy so this she's a writer and it throws her on this sort of like into this obsessive writing trip where she writes the child that she lost into a human being. So she kind of lives out all of her darkest side through this writing trip. And we get to see her at the keyboard struggling, as I have done, to to create... And then also her creation. So we kind of flip between this kind of quite mundane domestic world into this very contemporary but epic in its sort of Greekness, sort of godliness of these scenes that are contemporary South London scenes. And the, the live band is on stage. So it's got a kind of a very rich filmic score that's constantly driving The action Mm -hmm. and the show is really technical so all of the there's a really rich lighting design that's all on time code so it's kind of every musical beat and scene change is just yeah it's it's visually and sonically massive and probably fairly overwhelming so it's not the kind of show that you want to see if you're if you like a chill time (laughs) it's (laughs) like (laughs) this is this is really intense and it's for listeners who don't know the Oedipus myth it's the one that's famous for the fact that a son unknowingly kills his father and has sex with his mother yeah, so it's pretty
1: dark it's a pretty dark greek myth as they go it's
2: really dark and we don't hold back from the darkness and the the unsettled reality of of what that might be like, you know. So it's very powerful, very driving. It's a, it's kind of a, it's a thriller, it's very tense.
1: Yeah. No, it sounds it sounds interesting. It sounds I could see why music would work so powerfully for a show like that. <coughs> it almost feels like it'd be part of the fabric. And what's always great as well, a lot of the time I have guests on who are London based or who live yeah, elsewhere and I have putting shows on, I can never like go along. But because I'm interviewing other people that are coming to Edinburgh at the moment, it's great because I know that I'm gonna be here. I know I can go to all these shows. So I look you know I'll look forward to coming to see you as well. And and where can people see it? It's on at the Pleasants Right Do you want to like plug yeah. all, Do all the promo stuff I mean we'll link a, Yeah yeah Link underneath the podcast Anyhow So cool. there'll be information Available
2: It's at Pleasants 4th Which is in the courtyard 3.30 in the afternoon From the 3rd to the 26th
1: The full run pretty much Yeah It's going to be, a, it'll yeah. be exciting But you'd said you'd, you'd done an Edinburgh show before So this isn't your first Edinburgh show is it
2: No but it's the longest Run I've done I've done a, a couple Of different shows But I think the longest I've been up before Is two weeks So Yeah I'm looking forward to to getting properly properly settled in to the yeah, rhythm of it. Yeah, I think
1: it'll be a good one this year because obviously we haven't had a proper fringe for you know three years. Like last year, there was a sort of weird. Mini fringe But it didn't really feel Like the fringe It was very quiet Yeah, what was
2: it like? It was
1: very odd It it didn't have the buzz Of the fringe It was like I remember once being in a pub On a Friday night And it was maybe like half ten And at the fringe On a Friday night at that time You'd never struggle To find a show You know what I mean? But there was like Everything that we could find Was sold out Because obviously social distance Smaller rooms And a lot of it was online So it was sort of like You couldn't just walk Into a random underground Like cafe bar Or something at like that you just happen to walk past and stumble upon like a bit of genius. It was like it was really yeah. kind of wasn't the same. You know that's the magic of the fringe, is that. So I think everyone up here is very excited for it to come back. I think I just think it'll be everyone's going to appreciate it more. I've, I've noticed that at gigs and stuff that I've been to like after the last sort of two and a half years, I'm sure it'll be like that. Glastonbury this weekend for you as well. Like it's going to yeah. be extra special because it's been so long.
2: And what's it? What's the vibe like now in Scotland? Because obviously Scotland's been a little bit different to England yeah. and its response, isn't it? Is it? I, does everyone feel like they've relaxed together? Or is It, still it feels
1: quiet? almost normal now Yeah, it's the exact same as England now For a bit, there was always sort of like three weeks behind England Like, you know, we'd always be like Oh, they're doing this We're going to be slightly safer Which I think I kind of agreed with I think we did a better, slightly better job of it But I mean, mm. I think mo- Without getting too political on the podcast I think most governments would look quite competent Compared to like who's in, co- in power in the UK at the moment But it's pretty normal, yeah So I think it very much feels the same as the rest of the UK in terms Yeah, of the...
2: great oh, I can't wait to come and be part of it
1: Yeah, it'll be very exciting But Before we sort of, I've got a few more questions to sort of wrap things up before, I know we've been speaking for like 40 minutes, but I I usually do some quite kind of quick fiery questions, so I've got a few of them for you. And the first one of these is like, who your sort of biggest influences are as a creative, both in sort of theatre and music?
2: So ooh, my earliest theatre influence was Emma Rice she, uh, from Knee She did The Red Shoes and that production in particular for me when I was like 12, 13 years old was just completely like mind expanding. I remember all the actors had their heads shaved and were performing the whole thing in like vest and white Y-fronts. And it was just like this commitment to, to making a show was so exciting. And musically, oh, there's so many. It's so very hard to, to choose. But I think a recent love and inspiration is Fiona Apple, who I've known for a while, but she released an album called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Kind of the perfect timing as the pandemic hit. This sort of like raging, angry, creative piece of art that was just Like, very inspiring for the reminder to not make anything that just isn't your true voice. Yeah. Just very, yeah, singular.
1: Yeah. I've never listened to Fiona, but I remember seeing, like, the album artwork of it, so I should probably check that out.
2: Yeah definitely check it out i mean it may it's very marmite i guess so it might not be your cup of tea at all but yeah very inspirational
1: mm. no, thanks for answering the the first those the next one is and i love i always ask people that be in music this because it's boring sort of being asked what your favorite band is so i always ask what's you sort of is, do you have a favorite name of a band or artist so not like the, even maybe that you like the band but you just love the name of the band <laughs>
2: Name of a band. Yeah, I love them as well. I love their music as well. And I say the incredible string band.
1: That's a good name, isn't it?
2: Yeah, they're brilliant.
1: Yeah Yeah okay thank you for sharing that And like again you sort of touched on this at the start You said you used to steal people's music But like if you could have written any song from history And been you'd written the song What song would that be if you could have been the one to do it Uh,
2: The first one that springs to mind is Joan Trading's Love and Affection Do you know Joan Trading?
1: I don't see I might know the song if I heard it But I don't like it doesn't I don't recognise the title Yeah Yeah, it's quite an old one I'll look it up though I do love like music from all ears So I'll, I'll definitely check that out thanks for sharing and then the sort of again as I know you've been on tour but like do you have a favorite venue that you'd ever had the pleasure of playing in
2: oh well I'm gonna to have to just hark back to that night at the big mm-hmm. Green gathering because that was yeah yeah,
1: yeah,
2: it, yeah. It unbeat, it's one of those unbeatable but theater wise it would be maybe the Teatro Britannico in Peru just I think knowing that we're in Peru but the balcony theater yeah that was that was a magical one
1: yeah and I'm just chucking a wee bonus one I hadn't got this I hadn't written this one down but just since you said you would moved around a lot when you're growing up and stuff but do you have like a f- it's a, a favorite place that you'd had the pleasure of living in your life
2: I think where I am now I'm gonna go for that I live yeah. in a village called Forest Row in East Sussex and it is um, apparently something like 80 spiritual practices are practiced <laughs> here so it's like cult mania but the, the thing that comes with that is this very open-minded very creative curious community mm. and for a village it is just nuts like we just had the forest row festival which is a free festival the DJ like the quality of the music the DJs the live music so it's like in this tiny village you
1: know yeah right here right now that's a good thank you for sharing those i've just got three more questions for you and the first part of that is obviously as we touched on before in this in this conversation tonight the creative industries are a really hard industry to work in we all struggle sometimes it can be like stressful and and take a lot out of us but what do you sort of do to cope with that like what's what do you say to somebody listening like if is it a bit of advice in the in terms of like how you cope with such a stressful and sometimes on certain industry.
2: Yeah, well, the really basic one is is exercise. Like mm. I've I've had a lot of mental health dips and really pushing myself to to make sure I'm exercising every day just kind of pushing my body to do something is a total lifesaver. So for that for me and I think then more in a sort of like philosophical point of view it's find the pleasure because you know, that's what creativity is about. It's about pleasure so if you feel like you're not experiencing pleasure then take a step back have a look at another way in find a new perspective don't do it unless you're yeah experiencing pleasure
1: yeah no that's a really that's a really nice answer and i appreciate for sort of sharing about mental health struggles and things as well it's it's something we try to talk about on this podcast a lot because you know it is a hard industry and all aspects of it and i think sometimes we don't talk enough as creative people about how to compensate for that and how to deal with that so it's always good to sort of shine a light on that on the podcast yeah so thank you for that
0: just get a real job
1: the next question is also the name of the podcast is just get a real job We'd all had to work jobs We didn't like in the past Or work part-time jobs What's the sort of worst Quote real job Or worst part-time job You'd ever had to sort of Work in your life That you maybe didn't like Or was kind of quite funny to do
2: Not the hardest job But certainly the Like the most mind-numbing Was working in a little Tiny t-shirt shop So it was like T-shirts with Sloans on them I was It was just me By the cash desk And people would just come in And look at the t-shirts And leave again And I just could not find The love for that job And it was one of those jobs That you know I really needed the money And so So I I signed up for it, but I just didn't last because I guess I needed interaction and selling t-shirts with logos on didn't give me any opportunity for hearty human interaction. So yeah, that one did my head in.
1: Yeah. Oh fair enough We don't, I mean the, the answers we get There's all such a range on this It's great I love asking that question Because I mean, we all have had to work Sort of jobs like that Where it's just like Oh my god this is just Why am I doing this It's just silly Yeah it's fun So yeah. thank you for that And I know you sort of gave A bit of advice In the last question actually But we do sort of Close off the podcast By just sort of asking our guests To sort of If they could share What their advice would be To anyone who maybe Wants to get into what they do So anyone who maybe Wants to get into music Or wants to get into theatre And making theatre And directing And then sort of doing What it is you do and what you're so passionate about what would you sort of say to them
2: well yeah it's so it's so particular isn't it to the person to the obstacles they're facing but um I think on my experience I'd say that just pour your love and creativity into it and enjoy the process and this one it's a bit of a tricky one because it works for me and it might not be for everyone but work on it until you feel like you've got something that you are undeniably proud of before you share it with the world and I say that probably doesn't work for all people because that could be the perfect excuse to never put something out into the world and just hide it and hide it and hide it and that's not what I mean I've lived my whole life having to put things out into the world it's like i'm i've got no choice because that's what i that's what i live for so i've yeah. got no no reason to not but i have to, so i have to tell myself just to just work a bit more on it work a bit more is is it ready no okay work a bit more until i know it's ready and then it's like okay
1: here we go so yeah yeah no that's some that's really lovely bit of advice and i don't think we've had an answer quite like that and i love as well that you're saying that that may not work for everyone because i think that's that's what i love about this podcast is everyone's advice and sort of things are different and no path is the same and not all shoes fit all but like you know i think that's a very applicable advice that people can take on board and, and apply to their own life so i appreciate you sharing it Yeah, cheers, Jamie. Yeah. Mela, thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting. I've really enjoyed this one and you've had such an interesting life and I appreciate you sort of unpacking it a bit for us tonight and giving up a Monday evening. And I cannot wait to come along and and see your friend show at the Pleasant.
2: Yeah, come and say hi after if you do come.
1: Definitely
0: will. And have
1: fun at Glastonbury as well. I'm sure it'll be great. I'm very jealous.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cheers, Jamie that was your lot for episode 88 this week thank you Mella for joining us on the podcast it was a really good conversation all our details about her show and more about her are in the show notes below as always thank you for listening in if you are wanting to check us out live because we happen to be in the Edinburgh Fringe which is exciting we have one more show on the 24th of August check us out on Wednesday and it's at 20 past 7 at the Voodoo Rooms it'll be so lovely to see so many of you there Also, if you like the podcast, do share it on social media. Tell your friends and family to listen. Blah, 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 blah. You've heard enough of me saying that, but I want to say thank you so much for listening in as always. We really do appreciate your support and we're just so thankful for so many listeners that listen to us and, you know, it really means a lot because it's something that we both love doing and, yeah, long may it continue. So that's enough for me. Jamie will hopefully bat, fingers crossed, next week with intros and outros. And as always with another episode of Just Get A Real Job. But until then, take care yourselves and bye for now. Just get a real job.